You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. Vulnerable moments. I got my guy. One and my only. brethren Woo. from another motherin. As you can see, he's super excited. Oh my gosh. I've been, hold on. First off, let uh, me give you all a backstory. Please. I've been waiting to get on this podcast for years, okay? Years. I know he ain't put that many episodes out in, in terms of years, but we've talked about this like in the future. That's how it happened. Ah, Mark, man. Introduce yourself, brother. Okay, cool. So I am Mark Bird, Markwell Bird, but everybody calls me Mark. You already know what it is. Mixed by Mark on Instagram. And I am the number one youth production mentor in the country. Saw service, businesses, nonprofits, as well as different schools. So that's what my focus, the youth. Yeah. Let's get into it, man. Let's, you know, we, we talk about a lot of stuff on this podcast. Yes. And so I've heard. So you've heard. So you've heard, but um, yeah. So Mark Bird, who who is he? So Mark Bird is a a guy that's born and raised from Virginia, right? I grew up there, and I went. I moved to New York City as a 18 year old trying to achieve, uh, you know, Dr. Dre status. Mm-hmm. I was like, Yo, I'm gonna be a producer. I'm gonna make it like Dr. Dre, Kanye. It didn't happen. It didn't. Dang. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, great things came out of that. You yeah. know, I built over seven studios within Word. the city, yeah, of New York, like from Queens to the Bronx to Brooklyn. And again, working with nonprofits and schools. And from there, I recently moved to LA about three, four years ago, mm-hmm. me and my family. So I have a beautiful wife and three children. And I am someone who is dedicated to the arts. Like, I, I love production. That's my thing. So, where did this desire and love for the arts come from? Was it something that as a child, you were just into music or you're into the arts or was it just something that you just stumbled across or, you know, because music, it's a, the way music happens for people is that they are looking for an outlet. Oh yeah, to get for somewhere, sure. You know, to kind of like get somewhere and kind of escape from something because that's what it does. Like, you know, it allows you to escape and just be somebody. I would say to be somebody else would be the person that you've been yearning to be. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. So, so yeah, what was it for you? I, I would definitely say it was my grandfather. Mm, it okay. started with him running around the car, he's working on cars, oil dripping, everything in a garage, and he would always play the Gap Band, so Oops Upside Your Head, that yeah, would play. Yeah, yeah. So he would like hit us in the back of our heads, we'd be <laughs> running around the house, boom, Oops Upside Your Head, and it was like a whole thing. And my uncles and cousins, they played in go-go bands. Mm-hmm. We have a genre of music, DMV, called go-go. Mm-hmm. And they were all percussionists, and uh, from there, I wanted to be one. I was like, Yo, I'm gonna be the dopest Congo player, I'm gonna be better than Smoke, I'm gonna be better than like the dopest Congo players out there. And one day Backyard was playing, when they were, and I looked up at the stage, it was like 15 brothers up there. And I'm like, yo, who is getting paid? So I didn't do it. I was like, nah, this is not my, this is not my life. It's yeah. not for me. And um, this was middle school. This is in middle school. I became a DJ. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. So DJ Quell was my name. Because my name is Mark Quell. DJ Quell. I even had like little cards said DJ Quell on uh-huh. them. And um, I, crazy enough. I was getting booked all over the DMV. Like I was really? doing weddings, I was doing all the house parties, uh-huh. and the um, at the time they were clubhouses. Like 
if a residential location had like a clubhouse, they would rent out the location mm -hmm. and then I would come in and I would set up turntables and more. You still got it? Yeah, um, well, I don't have, I have a lot of records. Mm -hmm. So literally I covered my entire wall with vinyls and everything like that. But um, I, don't, I don't scratch like I used to. I don't throw the vinyl because when I started, it was on Stanton Straight 20s, which is belt drive, actual like uh, turntables. Mm -hmm. So I would have to throw the record forward. It's not dual drive. So in, t in terms of me actually scratching, it was like an actual process. And um, I just fell in love with it. It was dope. And then Serato came out and it wasn't the same. I wasn't carrying records to parties anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, because my home was so unstable, I, I had to let it go, unfortunately. But mm. I, I knew I was going to do something in music or something in production. So that's when I, you know, it was either the military, jail, or go to New York. And I chose New York. So you said home was unstable. Yeah. What was, what was home like for you? So home was fun. It was great experience. I went to four different high schools. Hmm. And the reason why is because, like, my mom would pick up and leave. My mom would pick up and leave. My mom would be like, all right, it's time for us to move. So I stayed with all of my aunts. I stayed with my grandmother, you know, that whole vibe. And a lot of it um, still, I think it prepared me, too, to be able to, like, yo, pick up and go and also yeah. mm -hmm. allow things to be and let go of them. But one of the, the issues was, like, yo, I can't stay here for a year because I know it's not gonna happen. Like something is gonna throw a wrench, monkey wrench in it and we're gonna have to move. Mm. So that always happened. Like throughout my life, I can't even tell you, I probably moved, I don't know. I don't wanna exaggerate, probably like 25, 30 times throughout my life. Like I've moved so many times. What's, why are you, what, why are you guys moving so much? <laughs> Well, I think so, finances. Okay. Um, I'll also, now when I look at it, not just finances, but like management. Mm -hmm. You know, like just being able to manage a dollar is a is a thing too. Um, and I think my mom, she just never had that. Like in in the best, like me and my mom have a great relationship, but everybody in the family knows that she's like terrible with money. Mm -hmm. Like she's just not good with it. But my mom is the first person you can call if you don't have money. I'm telling you, bro. She'll send it right now. She'll be like, yo, hold on, let me call somebody, let me figure it out, I'ma send you $5. Like, you gonna get your $5. Like, that's her. Yeah. And everybody in the family knows this, but she, in terms of her managing money, so because of that, it was always something. Be like, oh, you know what, we ain't pay this month, or not, the lights will be on, but like, in terms of her being late, or they didn't get their last month's rent and all that, maybe not, mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe not. So as you're experiencing this as a child, what is going through your mind? Cause, because sometimes as kids, we don't really recognize that mm. this is the phase we're going to until we get older and we look back on our childhood and like, yo, like my child was a little jacked up. Like we moved 25 times, 35 <laughs> times. You're like, yo, that's not normal. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying throughout my life too. Cause even when I moved to New York, I moved so many times as well. But- So it was like a repeated pattern of what you've yeah. known as a child. Like, yo, I just can't stay here for like, you know, once seven months, eight months, 12 months hit, I gotta go. Yeah, I think, it, you know what it is, it's like, growing up, you think things are normal mm -hmm. when they're not. Yeah. When you're like, oh, this is the normal, like, we're supposed to pick up and leave again. And then also looking from the outside into someone's house, like, even family members that may, in your head, think, like, oh, they have it together. Mm -hmm. And then when you get there, you're like, oh, they ain't got it together either. They just living in this house, though, you yeah. know? Um, 
I just noticed the pattern of consistently inconsistent. Mm. And if it is consistent, it's for the wrong reasons. And that's why, like, me and you can you can call my sister. Like, she'll tell you, like, yo, we always moved. Like, we always lived in somebody's living room or somebody's uh, kid's room. or Like, it was just always that. You know, like, she even, um, she would have to take me in the morning. Because one, one uh, place that we lived was probably, like, 20 minutes away. Let's like, mm-hmm. say it's, like, 20 minutes from school. She would have to take me every morning. So she would be late. She's in high school. She's supposed to be there before me. So she would be late to school to make sure that she dropped me off every morning. So it was like, even though sacrifices because of things being just unstable and not consistent, mm-hmm. we we ended up suffering. You know what I mean? In, in just different areas, like my music in terms of DJing, how am I gonna get to a location? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. well, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get there or how am I going to make sure that now this new school that I'm in, that they know who I am and what I do. I have to start all over again. I gotta start over again. That's the toughest thing to do. Yeah, especially when you're a kid, Mm -hmm. because if the house isn't stable, then of course my grades are terrible. Yeah. You know, I'm bringing home Fs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bringing them all in. And it was just like constant, uh, like seeing that, and it was just like, all right, you know, let's see if he graduates. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know until a week before graduation that I was actually graduating. Wow. So like people were coming up to me like, yo, I'm gonna be at your graduation. And I'm thinking, I don't even know if I'm gonna be there. What are you feeling in this moment of not knowing or not being secure? Because like, it seems as if that was the regular routine for life for you. You're just not sure of what's next. I think that Hold on, say that one more time. So the uncertainty <laughs> of life, it, has, it just kind of seems like, you know, you just don't know what's next from between moving, different schools mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's just even just graduating high school. Yeah. How does that uncertainty play into your life today? Well, a lot of it is more grounded mm-hmm. because I'm more assured, I guess, in my path. Like when I left Virginia, it was for that those same reasons. I was like, yo, I gotta leave. It's the only way that I'm going to succeed. Mm-hmm. And again, it's nothing against my family, friends, the who stayed. Yeah. You know, but I think for me in my my environment, it wasn't really helping me progress. You know what I mean? Like I felt like it was a cycle. And I felt like, especially during that time, that I was beginning to choose the wrong route. And that would, the only thing that was going to keep me, like, from getting out of this, of course, was God and me just saying, you know what, I'm going to pack up and go to New York and just see what happens. And it ended up working out for me. It did. Mm-hmm. That that was my, I guess, my, my kind of success story. Like, I left and I'm, I'm still standing because yeah. of it. If not, I think that I would have... Um, yeah, I probably would have been in jail somewhere. So what were some of the things that were leading you down the wrong path? Well, when, you, when you're in certain environments, like you think that uh, some of the things that may be okay or maybe right or wrong, like maybe right, but they're actually wrong. Like mm-hmm. a lot of my cousins that, you know, they all have priors and all those, you know, that whole thing. And um, they have other, like a lot of them have like different kids, different baby mothers and um, those, 
just just those things that I didn't believe in, mm-hmm. um, and I felt like I would end up just giving in because I'm like, yo, this is what you see. Yeah, you know, this is this is what you what you know. So why wouldn't you? Right, right. Why wouldn't right. you be you know become victim of it? Yeah, and. And again, like I have to express, like it's nothing against anyone. Like you know, everybody's gonna live their own life, and everybody has their own journey. But I felt like for mine and what God was doing in my life, I had to leave because even when I did leave, I didn't know that I was gonna understand or go through depression, things like that. And my first first year or second year between that time, I was like so adamant on committing suicide really yeah i really was like yo i gotta get out of here because sometimes you think even with you leaving you think that oh that's gonna fulfill you and that's it like Mm -hmm. oh yeah i made it out in a sense but then you're like dad like i'm still going through financial situations i still don't have my friends i don't i still don't have the uh the same thing or that like the same routine and because you know you being uh uncomfortable it just pushes you to certain levels of anxiety. And I wanted to just jump in front of the train and just let it go. What stops you? Or what should I say, what saved you? God, like for real. Like I know like I know what people say, it they say it's kind cliche. of cliche, yeah. no, no. but I was, um, my aunt doesn't even know this. I was staying with my aunt on Gun Hill Road. <sighs> what a terrible name, <laughs> right? So um, I'm staying with her and I was extremely depressed and I wrote the letter. I left it on the bed. I was like, they'll find it. Like, I was like, yo, I'm done. So I wrote it in the journal, like, yo, these are things I was experiencing, these things I went through. Like, don't don't ever think that it was because of you or because of, like, you guys didn't treat me right, all of those things. So I wrote it all out. So when I got on the train, like, I'm about to go to school because mm-hmm. um, I was studying at Institute of Audio Research because I was like, yo, I'm gonna be an audio engineer. So I'm on the platform and just go, just jump. Like You're there. Yeah, I'm on the platform. Like, if you jump, all your pain will go away. So it was like, you know, that devil's advocate type of thing. Like, you got your angel on one side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or what they say, the dove and the crow, that whole vibe. I'm like, all right, this is it. And as I felt like I was going to like lift my foot to just something whispered in my ear and said, yo, there's more for you. And I took a step back and I was like, oh. And like, it's weird because sometimes I feel like I can feel the wind from the train as the train is entering and then the doors open. And it was like another, another like parallel moment for me because like, oh, I didn't do that. And now there's new doors opening for me. So then I stepped on the train to see what my next stop would be. You literally stepped on the train? Yeah, after, like, I didn't step on the train platform, but like. No, 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 like into the actual, like, car, the car. Yeah, I stepped on because, like, it was either I step forward and die or, like, I step back and then step again to something that's going to be new and bigger than me. So something told you. There's more for me. There's more for you. And did you fight that something or you just knew like at that moment, that's God? I wanna say I knew that at that moment that was God. 
because there's I'm the only person like my grandmother probably has like no exaggeration like 45 grandchildren I'm the only per yeah I know it's a lot of us and I'm the only person that ever left the only one that left Virginia yeah nobody has left we like the, everybody stays there like and it's all great things like people got houses they got families you know they meet up for family reunion type things all the cookouts and the fourth of July's and all of those things and I would visit all the time like coming back and forth to, uh, on the mega bus you know <laughs> the mega bus held me down Except for sure. that one in the, the the go-to bus Chinatown joint mm -hmm. I used to be on there heavy uh going back and forth and stuff like that and um it I just felt like and I read I read the Bible I read the word every day like I'm, a, I'm an advocate for the Bible so even when I read I understand that Jesus left. Like, how can you spread your wings, your right. message, your truth without this like, is going? You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not getting into this whole school thing, but like, just leaving the door, like mm -hmm. leaving and going out and stepping out on faith and seeing what happens. I think there's like a lot that comes into play when it comes to that. I think that's a big thing. And God was like, "Look, man, there's more for you." So you have to, and be, and I'm so thankful that I didn't do that because I wouldn't be here one. And another thing is like, I have a beautiful wife and I have three children and there was more for me. I just didn't see it in that moment. And we even see like at times, even in the word, how like Jesus will go away. Like he will step like, he, oh, Jesus went off into the mountain him and Satan was going at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you see that. And it's like, yo, it doesn't mean that you're not going to experience battles because Jesus experienced them. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do you do in those moments? Are you going to stand strong, 10 toes down, or are you going you gonna to fold? Right, right. And it doesn't mean that you can't have, like, a brother like yourself. Like, I've talked to you many times and, like, for strength to help you get through these moments. But in that moment, I didn't have anyone. And God was like, I need to speak to him because if not, he's going to do something and it may change the course of many people's lives. Mm. And in that moment, I really believe like that was all God because God was like, oh, no, I can't have that. Yeah. You know. So what did you do? So in a sense, you could say you were suicidal. Mm hmm. What did you do afterwards to help you with, you know, the suicidal thoughts that you've had and the, um, the depression? Well, because, again, that it doesn't take it away in that moment. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, I mean, that moment it did, but it doesn't take away from, like, what I may be experiencing. Even later that day, I probably was like, yo, maybe I should have did it. Yeah. I'm unsure if I was still battling it throughout that same day. But I just knew that, yeah, I knew that I just, I stayed strong if I like really Brandon says this one Brandon shot me mm -hmm. right really really good guy by the way oh absolutely he said and it cha changed everything for me he said how many times are you going to ask God for strength how like how much strength do you need that's what he asked and I was like man and but and, and for me Again, this is later on. This is years later that he, like, I thought about that when he had talked to me. But 
I just was like, yo, I have to believe what God is saying to me, that there's more for me. And I just stayed true to that. That's what helped me. I'm telling you, through depression, through being suicidal, everything, I was like, I have to believe, I have to stand on this because I've already gotten this far. And everybody is amazed at, which is, you know, you go through those situations where you be like, dang, somebody's actually amazed at what I've done and I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. Or like you'll get a random text message and you'll be like, dang, like I needed this text. Or you like, I'm glad that you called me. I was going through something. You're like, dang, like God sends messages in many ways. Absolutely. In many ways. And in that one, because I, because I heard God's voice, I didn't want to backpedal against that. Cause I'm like, if God, what if God doesn't? Cause then I thought about what if God says, I'm not going to speak to him this time because I already told him. Mm. So I just had to stand on that. I was like, no, I have to. For many people. It's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. Yeah. But, and you know, I, I've like, I haven't had those like, like in terms of as strong, but I've, Thoughts. Everybody has random, crazy thoughts. But I think that that was the strongest ever in my life. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is it. I'm done. Because I had already written out the letter. I already knew, I already knew what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I saw it like that was it. Did anyone actually see uh, the letter? No, they didn't see it. Because I, I came home. What was inside the letter? It was just just explaining that, you know, I didn't want anybody to feel that it was their fault. Because a lot of times when someone commits suicide, people hold this thing like, what, what could have I done? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, you know, and to some degree it's also selfish. It's not, your, it's not you. It's about them and what they're experiencing. And I didn't want anyone, I didn't want my mother, I didn't want anyone to like think about that. And I also knew to some degree that like, yo, I was really gonna do it because I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew that I was going through that. They was just gonna get a letter and be like, yo, he was going through things and it's not my fault. So had you not heard from God? I would not be here. So it was it like no second guessing? No. In those moments, I think that like, you know how people be like, no gas, no brakes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. All gas, no brakes, <laughs> no gas, no brakes. Like, <laughs> hilarious. All gas, no brakes, right? Yeah. <clears throat> there was no second guessing because it's the same with New York. I didn't want to second guess it because I'm like, yo, there's something else. And then if God is saying, oh, well, bro, well, I have this for you. There's more for you. Mm-hmm. I got to just stand on that. You know, I listen to Meyer Golden a lot because of Dave, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> And he was, like, talking about how, like, if you believe, right, if you believe and you see the things that God has done in your life already, you should already see that it is destined for you to win. So Say it again. Okay. (laughs) So if you believe in what God's word and the things that you've already experienced throughout your life, and you've overcome them, you should then see that this is destined for you to win. Mm-hmm. It is already set up for you to win. 
But yeah, you play the game, but you know I'm gonna win. For like sure. I'm gonna win. There's mm -hmm. no there's there's no other way to say it. Like I I am gonna win. And um I think my mindset at that time was just so limited because of like the of just being inconsistent with so many things yeah. and seeing like some of the trauma and some of the things that like outside of like some things I'm, I'm probably not going to necessarily go into, but like some of the things that I believe now, when you go back and you look and you're like that, that was trauma. And now <clears throat> I've overcome them and there's, there's still so much for me to still overcome. It's like a never ending journey. Yes. Because you feel like you get over one hump. Yeah. And then like you, you, when you spoke to trauma, like trauma isn't just one thing. It's a series of things that's just built up over days. Yeah. Months. And years. And years. And you say, okay, this is the one thing I need to focus on. This is it. And you're like, all right, I beat it. Thanks, God. Praise <laughs> be to God. Praise we, me. We did it. Praise me. Right. We, we did it. And then as soon as you get over that thing, it's like the next one come knocking at your door. Yes. And you're like, dang. Like, what, what's up? What is up? Like, what's, what's going on? But then you realize the strength that you had to, to beat the first one. And it kind of goes back to, you know, the Ty Trippet song. If God did it before, he can do it again. And if God gave you the strength to fight the first one. Yes. That first one built you up for the first, second one. The second one builds you up for the third one. The third one builds you up for the fourth one. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like sometimes we just don't pay attention to the strength building. We pay attention to the mm, trauma. It's like, that's oh, true. This is what I'm going through again. What was me? Like, oh, I'm going through something again. It's like, yo, focus on the strength building. And the strength building is what will pretty much propel you to fight any battle. Yeah. And when I think now, like where I'm at, of if I didn't go through these things, mm -hmm. right? I don't know what, like, because we see it all the time, millionaires, you see all these people yeah. that, that we sometimes we perceive it as a great life, mm -hmm. and then out of nowhere they commit suicide, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think now, what I may be going, like when I, when I look back, imagine if I didn't go through that, and then I turned around and was faced with that, mm -hmm. with children, and then I made that decision. Yeah. Then, Man, that is not cool. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't want to say it's not cool because, I mean, suicide is suicide. Yes. And we can't dig into the brain of Mark. We can't dig into the brain of anyone else and say what they were feeling or what yeah, the pain was. Yeah, that's true. That is true. You know, it's, it's like a lot of people feel like, oh, suicide. Because once upon a time, I just think, yo, suicide is so, it's a selfish mission. Really? I used to, I used to really think that suicide mm. is a selfish mission because of, just my limiting beliefs of what people go through. I'm like, yo, life just can't be that bad. That, that mm. was my that was my my thoughts. And then as I grew older, and you know, became more of a professional in the mental health um, space, I'm realizing, yo, it's people's way out of the pain. Like, you know, you yeah. got people who are there's voices in their heads every day that they they can't fight. There's demons they're fighting. They just don't yeah. know how to fight them because you know so much built up trauma inside of them that they're not they either haven't gotten the help they've needed or they feel like they're just selfless or they're worthless and stuff like that so it's just suicide is, is a heavy mission yeah it's a very heavy mission that we really don't look we really don't look at the person 
first. We look at, you know, oh, it's just suicide. Come on, life can't be that hard. Man, but it was. Was. Like, when I look back, I'm like, dag, like, you would never do something like that now. But at that time, mm -hmm. it was really the only way that I felt like I could overcome. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was deep. It was deep. But, you know, since then, your boy, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It came a long way from there, man. Yeah, Woo! yeah. Long way. Um, and I, I moved from Gun Hill. Had to get away from that spot, you know. My aunt left, too. She was like, man, I got to get out of here. Like, this place is, like, off the chain. Mm -hmm. So I moved to Harlem. Then I moved to Bronx. And I moved another part of the Bronx. and moved back to Harlem. And, you know, I'm helping my wife. Now wife moving and all this other stuff. It was just, like, a lot. And then moved again in Harlem. And so, like, even in New York, I moved a lot. I moved a lot. So when did you find your stability? Still finding it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That was perfect timing. That was perfect timing. No, um, I think that uh, when me and my wife got together, mm -hmm. it was more stability. It mm. was because she's um, more practical than me. I'm like a guy that's always operating ideas and always operating in future. And she's like, well, right now, you know what I'm saying? We need to get a crib for this baby. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. those type of things. And even before that, um, she she really helped me a lot, I would have to say. We've been married for six years now. Wow. It's crazy. Six Congratulations. Years, oh, man. Three kids and everything. Ooh. Yeah, pandemic gave me two. Like, mm. It's crazy. <laughs> you have to get pandemic to another level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just in the crib. You got you got to find something to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> but no. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, for sure, uh, she helped me a lot. She helped me also know, like, you know, that it's okay to have structure. Mm -hmm. Like, and some people may look at structure, but thing is, if you don't know that, yeah. you don't understand it. Because you're used to operating chaos. Exactly. So, constantly, you know, I don't have no agendas on my board or nothing in my calendar i'm just operating mm -hmm. you know like as the day go by and <clears throat> she really helped me with stability of, and also understanding structure throughout my life because again i'm just operating on the go and um, and then also seeing what you can do when you have someone that believes in you mm. and then you can also talk to them about like your feelings and yeah. not feel judged because of them you know what I mean? And me being with her was the first time that someone said, you know, maybe you should go to therapy. And then, and in my mind, I'm like, therapy at first, like, yo, that's, that's what I'm crazy people are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just mad, ignorant, not understanding mm -hmm. that it's for me to succeed. And we went to couples therapy first. And then I went to individual therapy to work on myself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, this is like really helpful because it's not just me telling my wife what I'm going through. I'm telling this person and they are like giving me the the right teachings and understandings of like how to maybe get through them. Of like, you know, this is, hey, why don't you try this exercise? And I'm like, why am I trying this exercise? And then it ends up being applying to what I'm going through, which ends up, you know, paralleling me or helping me get to another level. Mm -hmm. So it was like, yeah, that, that was really helpful. So. 
enter into this relationship with your girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. did you have any challenges because like she's trying to bring you stability and then, but you're op- you're used to operating in chaos. Like, was there some times where she's like, yo, Mark, we gotta, we really gotta figure this thing out. And you were like, you know, no, this is like, I'm used to it. This is life, I'm good. Well, <clears throat> I don't know if it's because I'm just a Libra. I don't know if it's just a Libra thing, but she's also a Libra. But I think that it, I'm very open-minded mm. because you may tell me something and I'm like, nah, I'm good. But in the back of my mind, I'm questioning it. I mm. may say that, yeah. but I am questioning it because I'm like, yo, maybe this will help me get better. Mm-hmm. Maybe this will help me get to the next level in my life. Absolutely. So we've never really had like issues that if anything, again, it would be like little stuff, you know, stuff around the house. Yeah. You know, I got to get better with that. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't been that. Like, because everything, we've never we've never had an argument. It's really? weird. Yeah, like, we've had, like, disagreements, you know, in, a, in discussions. Like, look, like, this is what we is. But me yelling because I saw that growing up, I don't do that. I'm like, nah. Like, that's not, it's not healthy. It doesn't help anyone. So I have, like, I made sure of that. And there are things that I've learned early on of my impulsiveness was one one of the biggest things, which I didn't know that was a thing. <clears throat> I was at, at the very beginning of our marriage or even like our relationship, because we weren't together that long. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't together four months and I got engaged. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yo, this is it. I, within two months I had my ring, I had the ring. Two months into it, how'd you know she was it? Man, it sounds so cliche, man, but I'd be like, yo, it's God. Like, I'm, I've always wanted a family. Mm-hmm. I'm like, y'all always wanted a family. I believed in that. I stand on that. Like, oh, you have a nice family. Yeah. You know? And with her, when I met her, I was like, man, this girl's kind of cool. We celebrated our birthday today, together. We had the same birthday. So we celebrated our birthday together. And then uh, this is in September. And then November comes. Sure enough, we get together November 20th. January like tenth, the middle of January, I had the ring. I had the ring already in January. March twentieth, I proposed. Like March sixteenth, I asked for mm-hmm. her hand in marriage. I asked her, I asked her dad. I'm very traditional. So I'm like, I'm gonna ask. He said, Yes, after she graduates college, you can marry her. But he never said I couldn't be engaged to mm-hmm. her. So she flew, she flew in, boom, that was it. All she wrote, come on, girl, put a ring on it. It's over. It is over. So March 20th, so November 20th, we got together. March 20th, she was engaged. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know it sounds cliche, it was God, like, mm-hmm. but that's really how I felt. And this is who, the person who I want to spend the rest of my life with. I didn't want, I'm not a bachelor type of guy. I, like, and I don't, I don't. I don't like secrets either. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm very mm-hmm. open with my whole life. So if, you know, me trying to, like, pl- be a player, like, that just, this is not me. Yeah, it's not in yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you're into marriage now. Oh, yeah. We married, for three, sure. Three kids. Oh, yeah, man. How is it now? It's good. It's good. It, it, my kids are young. So it's a lot going on in the house. No, for sure. Every time I call you, I call you back, Mark. 
Call every, me later. Call me later. Yes, every time. That's exactly how it is. But the cool thing too about it uh-huh. is like we have a, a great relationship. Like all my kids, we be in the house playing. We mm-hmm. do everything. And then it, it sucks when I'm like I, I I go away. Like right now we're in Miami, right? Mm-hmm. We're in Miami. But one of the issues too is that even we left from Miami, I come to Miami, like now I have to think about, oh man, are they taking their showers? Like it throws things off mm. when one of us isn't present. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because you you have to travel a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you have to travel a lot. And uh-huh. uh, with you traveling a lot and not being home, how is it for the wife? It's a lot, it's a lot, but I'm thankful that, I think that's another reason why we left New York because we didn't have the support system. Mm-hmm. So when we first had our child, she was like, you know, she's young, but getting on and off the train with a stroller, if I'm out at work, like that's a pro- that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh heck no, we ain't doing that. So we ended up moving to LA because her parents were like, yo, we'll definitely help out, and they do. Like my sister-in-law especially, she helps out a lot. So man, and then we have a great, amazing daycare provider for our kids. So it's a it's just a great system right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great system. That's dope, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure, man. That's 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 me in a nutshell. Oh, absolutely, man. You you're an interesting character. Oh yeah. A very all the interesting way. character. <laughs> so for maybe sure. we'll do a um, quick commercial real quick. Okay, man. go ahead. I want you to uh, close out with something powerful, man. Just some words oh. of hope. And uh, we'll go for there. I know, I know you got something. Oh, I got something lit. I got something. Well, let, let me think about it. While I, I'm going to think about it while you, you, you think about the commercial. It was going to So this episode is sponsored by the Embold Institute. It's the only space. Four seven six six seven eight zero. That's four zero four four seven six six seven eight zero. We text you 365 days out of the year, seven days a week, 10 a.m. Well, sometimes. Mark, if it's not at 10, Mark. 7 a.m. PST. Mark, yeah, 7 a.m. PST. Mark definitely texted me like, yo, what's up? Hey, man. Players mess up too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I texted him. It was like, I got at 701 today. What's up? He's like, what? Like a minute late? Like what? <laughs> no, but Hilarious. It's dope. Just listen. Text me. Get on the text line. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just doing this, man. Just out of, it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Just your time. Texting 10 digits, that's it. So text me 404-476-6780. Mark, close this out, bro. All right, you can find me at at Mixed by Mark. You can also see my company, The Variety Group, working at, you know, most of the, most of the greatest schools in L.A., you know, providing uh, youth mentorship through production. Uh, but I, I, this is so cliche what I'm about to say. I'm like, oh, I should have came with You're something You're just a cliche bigger. dude. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I'm like, this is so cliche. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you period like there's no other way to say it like Christ gives me strength I believe in it and you can really do all things like don't think like not just the the aspect of like the word but really like you yourself having the ability the mentality you can truly do it like don't ever think that you're limited um, and if you do feel like that you're limited is because of your belief is you can truly prevail there you go. Guess no better than that. We are out. <laughs> Peace. Show. Live from Miami. Live. We're like, yo, we'll definitely <laughs> have five.